The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. In part four of our series, Money, Sex, and Power, um, part one was money, part two was sex, Last week, part three yesterday was power, power for fruitfulness and in all ramifications. And today we are um, in part four, the power to prevail. You see, life is a series of battles. Life is a series of, of battles, you know. Um, if you are... Um, not nice to people, battle. If you are nice to people, battle. If you smile, if you don't smile, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of life. But you will prevail. Yes. The power to prevail will be delivered to you today and intensified in your life in Jesus' name. From the womb, even when a baby is born, the baby on a normal delivery, has to battle and fight to come out. So power becomes something to be desired in life. To prevail in the battles of life, power is required. And to stay in dominion, power is required. There's power to go up. There's power to stay up. So we, we have Financial power, intellectual power, um, emotional power, the power of beauty, physical power, the power of giftedness, and on and on and on. And of course, we have spiritual, spiritual power. When there is defeat, when things are looking down, where there is darkness, is evidence of absence of power. When there's confusion and pandemonium, when, whatever, whether it's in a personal life, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a business, when there's darkness, it's evidence of lack of power. Lack of power. And power belongs to God. Power belongs to our God. First Peter 5.11, the voice translation says, For all power belongs to God now and forever. Amen. Not some of the power. Don't so say, okay, God has a lot more power, but the devil has some power. No. How many of the power belongs to God? All power belongs to God. Just yesterday and today, and even forever. So you should be on God's side. You really should be. If you are not. Psalm 62, 11 says, Once God has spoken, twice have I heard, power belongs to God. And all the forms of power emanates from God. And God is so generous. He gives power liberally. God gives power freely. 
For instance, the, the solar energy that is hitting the earth, scientists say that the amount of solar energy that is hitting the earth in one minute is able to power the whole earth for one year. I mean, and this solar, this sun has been shining for how many years? God is just yafu yafu, as they say. The power is just plenty. So I'm confident that your life will not be void of power in the mighty name of Jesus. All God asks for is, is give me the glory. He just wants us to give him the credit. He just wants us to acknowledge him. Power belongs to him. He just says, just give me the credit. The problem we have is when we want to share in his credit, when we want to share in his glory, then God doesn't really like that. A king called Nebuchadnezzar tried that. And God said to Nebuchadnezzar, you are going to eat grass for seven years until you know that the Most High rules. Power belongs to God. He wants the credit. And since we have given him the credit in advance, every service, particularly services like this, I take the time to give God all the credit in advance. <laughs> so his power, his power can flow without hindrance. Today we're going to look at a story of the children of Israel and how they prevailed. And we're going to see the power to prevail in action. And we're going to learn four things from the, that story. After we've learned four things from that story, we are going to be our hands are going to be anointed because your hand, you are going to prevail in the name of Jesus. Then we will take some prayers. Then we will do our thanksgiving and the third service, people will come in. Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8 to 13. Exodus 17, 8 to 13. I read from the voice translation. It says, while the Israelites were camped at Rephidim, Soldiers of Amalek came and attacked them. Moses called for a young leader named Joshua. Moses said to Joshua, select some of our best men and go fight against the soldiers of Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand at the crest of, the, of that hill overlooking the battlefield with God's staff in my hand. It used to be the staff of Moses, now it's God's staff. Joshua did exactly as Moses had instructed him to do. He gathered the strongest men he could find and fought against the soldiers of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and all climbed to the top of the hill. It happened that whenever Moses raised his hand, the battle went well for Israel. But whenever he lowered his hand to rest, Amalek began to win. When Moses became too tired to hold up his hands any longer, Aaron and Hur took a stone and, set, and sat him down on it. Then both, of, then both men stood beside Moses, one on each side, holding his hands up, keeping them steady until sunset. In the end, everybody say in the end, in the end, Joshua and the men of Israel defeated 
Amalek and his soldiers with the sword. In the end, you will prevail. In the end, you will defeat all the Amalekites in the name of Jesus. The NFC translation says, as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of of Amalek in battle. You will overwhelm all the enemies of your destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. The NIV says, so Joshua overcame the Amalekites. You will overcome in the mighty name of Jesus. The KJV says, and Joshua discomfited Amalek. You will discomfit Amalek in the name of Jesus. The Amplified Version says, and Joshua mowed down and disabled Amalek. Because you will receive a f- fresh power to prevail today, you will mow down and you will disable the Amaleks in the mighty name of Jesus. So straight away off the bat, four things jump at us from this scripture. The first thing is this. The power to prevail is released when you become. The power to prevail is released when you become. Verse 8 says, While the Israelites were camped in Rephidim, while who? The Israelites. This were God's people. They had the seed of God in in them. First John 5, 4 says to us, for everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. So the power to prevail is released when you become. The power to prevail is released when the seed of God is formed in you. The power to prevail is released when you become a child of God. The Israelites. So you cannot prevail against the world except you are born of God. Because it is whatever that is born of God that overcomes the world. You cannot prevail against the world except you are what? Born of God. Unfortunately, some people think if you can't beat them, join them. Some people think, oh, this is how the world is. Let us just bow down. No, no, no. God is saying you have the seed of God. You will prevail. You will prevail because you what it takes to overcome the world is in you if you're a child of God. If you are not, you become a child of God today and it will be deposited in you. So you don't cave in to the world. You don't Bow to the world. You don't blend and align with the world. You prevail over their antics. John 4 from verse 4 says, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people. This is our year of victory. And it hasn't finished yet. You have already won the victory over these people. You have, be, you have overcome them. You have prevailed over them. 
Why is this? Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Every opposition is engineered by his spirit. Every opposition a child of God faces in life, believe it or not, is engineered by his spirit. But God is saying to you, the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in you. For instance, you're going for an interview and you have all these big, big, big guys in front of you. If they're not saved, there's a spirit in them. God is saying to you that the spirit in you is greater than the spirit in them. So you have already overcome. And that is how it is. The power to prevail is released when you become. A baby monkey, for instance, cannot grow up to become a lion. A baby monkey cannot say, if I take enough vitamins, I will become a lion. It's not going to happen. For you to (laughs) prevail, you have to become. And that's how it works. That's how the spiritual works. You have to be born for you to become. You have to be born into the family of God for you to become an overcomer. You have to be. So the power to prevail is released when you become. Number two. The power to prevail is not only released when you become, it's released also when you take action. The power to prevail is released when you take action. You know, in January, we started the victory series and we explained that you are the general of your life. And one thing we learned about generals is that generals take action. Great generals don't just sit down. Great generals do what? They take action. Moses didn't just wait for Amalek. Moses took action. Moses called, verse 8, for the young man, um, Joshua, and Moses said to him, select some of our best men. Go and what? Fight against that man. Tomorrow, I will also stand and hold the staff of God in my hand. So Israel took action. For you to prevail, you can't just say, I'm born of God and sit down on your butt. No, you need to get up and take, take action. <laughs> action. And Israel, you see, every time, this is a principle of war. Every time the enemy tries to attack you, you must respond. You must always respond. I'm telling you this. As a, (laughs) by the grace of God, Someone that is not a novice in spiritual warfare. You have to respond with greater firepower. There was a time we had a service, and the service, the Holy Ghost said to me that there are some people, they have demons living in them. This is not that you don't even, maybe you have a, a dream, masquerades are chasing you. No, 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 no. You are carrying demons, you know that. I said to the usher, shut the door. They shut the door. I said, if you don't come out now, trouble is going to happen. And about 15 people came out. I said, you, you have demons? Said, yes. You know, and Jesus delivered them. 
However, I got home that day. <laughs> I was really, really ill. Meanwhile, I have a friend that was living in Nikoi at the time. That service was a midweek service. Ah, there's no time. Can I tell you this story? That's okay. That service was a midweek service. And it was in the evening. My friend, God said to him, You are not going out today. Stay home and pray for Femi. So he prayed for me from morning till evening. He didn't know what was going on. I didn't even know what was going to happen in that service. I just came to service and the Holy Ghost said, People have demons. And but when I got home, I was, I just knocked down. I couldn't, I couldn't get up. I was sick. I was like, what is this? So the following day, I went to do a, to check medically. And they said the amount of bacteria in my body. I said, which body? <laughs> they gave one count, one, you know. Then my friend called me the following day. I said, what happened yesterday? I don't understand. God told me to stay. May you have people. That God can tell. Pray for this boy or this girl. You know, you have such people when you become such a person. Can God tell you to sit down and pray for somebody else? Anyway, that's, we are going to get there. We are not there yet. So, so I told him, and he now told me what happened. And I smiled. I said, hey. So I said to my wife, I was going into a, to shut down. So I went to a, to a hotel, shut down, and opened fire. Bacteria. The thing went back the same way it came. <laughs> Listen, you have to respond. If the enemy brings battle to you, we, we, our father, they call him Arogumasa. Do you understand? He that sees battle and does not run. Why should you be running? I just told my friend, thank you. We know what to do. Responded. Blew it away. Moses took action. The enemy has spoken negatively concerning you. They say, eh, well, maybe they don't mean it. Ah. Ah. You have to respond. You have to what? You have to respond. Let them know that you come to God's baby house. You are trained well. You have to respond. And, and Moses responded. Israel responded in two ways. There are two types of responses. There was the tactical response and there was the strategic response. You know, I went to the hospital. That was tactical. I set up my watch. That was strategic. You have to respond tactically and strategically. Both, <laughs> I mean, that is even a whole series by itself. You have to, tactically, Christians, sometimes we think everything is, is prayer. No, 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 no. There are some tactical maneuvers you have to make. You have to go into the trenches, 
and fights. And if you, if you, some, some other Christians too, all they want to do is the tactical, they don't want, to, they ignore the strategic to their own peril. Why? Because you have to mount your watch in the spiritual and fight. There's an interesting connection between the tactical and the strategic. You cannot leave one out. Joshua did the tactical. Moses did the strategic. You have to get into the trenches and do the practical thing. If you need to get a haircut, get a haircut. If you need to put on your makeup, put on your makeup before you go for that interview. Don't say, oh, I'm afraid for five hours. And your mouth is smelling. Go and wash, brush your teeth, my friend. You, you cannot, you, you, you need to engage the two. Everyone say tactical and strategic. You need to engage the two. There's so much to be said about that, but I need to go on. Number three, the power to prevail is multiplied in community. The power to prevail is multiplied in community. Verse 9, Moses called for the young leader, Joshua. And Moses said to Joshua, select some of our best men and go and fight. Joshua could not go and fight by himself. He needed to select some of the best. He needed to go as a, as a team. The power to prevail is multiplied in community. By the time you go down, Moses says, meanwhile, the Bible says, meanwhile, Moses and Aaron and all. Even Moses didn't go up on the hill alone. You see, one of the greatest trick the enemy plays, and sometimes it works so effectively that it's amazing why people still fall into it, is that the enemy tricks people to fight alone. I don't know, I don't know, but some people, maybe they are just so gullible. So the enemy tricks people to fight alone. Don't be tricked into fighting alone. No one prevails alone. No one. I just told you my story. I had I have friends, I have people that I can link up with. Do you? We said join a life group, make friends in church. Have you? Join a department, let people know you so that we can be praying together. Have you? No one prevails alone. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 says, two are better than one. For when they for they can help each other. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Says, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Please look at your neighbor. And say, Oga or Madam, don't be tricked to fight alone. No one prevails alone. If you see where 
someone has prevailed, check. If you see where someone has been successful, check. No one prevails alone. One which is a thousand. <clears throat> number four. So number one, the power to prevail is released when you become. Number two, the power to prevail is released when you take action. Number three, the power to prevail is multiplied in community. Number four, the power to prevail flow through a single line of command. The power to prevail flows through a single line of command. And Joshua did exactly as Moses told him to do. Verse 12. When Moses became too tired to hold up his hands any longer, Aaron and Hall took a stone and sat him down on it. Then both men stood beside Moses, one on each side, holding his hands up and keeping them steady until sunset. In the end, Joshua and the men of Israel defeated. As a result, Daniel says, as a result, they prevailed. Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek. In your business, maintain a single line of command. In your home, it must be a single line of command. In your life, it must be a single line of command. Moses could have said to, Joshua could have said to Moses, you want to climb the mountain and God will be watching us. That was another person's child that is called the masquerade has come. You want to use my hair to break coconut? Coconut. Ah, uh, This thing should not be like this. But who determined the victory? Was it Joshua's militancy or Moses on the hill? Aaron and Hall could have said to Moses, now your hands are tired. It's our turn to carry it. Let's do this in turn by... Are you the only one that is anointed? After all, it's the rod of God. Let us too carry it. I mean, it's, it's just... It's how the world will respond. Moses... From morning, you have been carrying this road. Now you are tired. I told you you'll be tired. Did I tell you? Yeah, give me the road, Jerry. <laughs> Spiritual things don't work like that. Praise the name of the Lord. What does the word of God say? Maintain this single line of command. Are you doing exactly as instructed? In your personal life, maintain a single line of command. It is only God's word and counsel that will stand. It is not God's counsel and my friend's opinion. God, you, this is what God's counsel is, but what does my friend think about it? That's a confused line of command. 
You maintain a single line of command. This is what God has said. Regardless of what my friends say, what God has said will stand. And you see, when you begin to have different voices, that's where doubt comes from. How many people know your friends have their own ideas of how you should run your life? And God says this, then one friend says that, then another friend says this, then another friend says, before you know it, you are confused. You begin to doubt God, and doubt is the greatest clog to the flow of power. Doubt shuts off the flow of power. Maintain a single line of command. You simplify your life. Abraham, we learned yesterday. Yesterday was so fantastic. We give God all the glory and all the honor and all the adorations. But we learned yesterday that Abraham believed in God. Romans 4, 17. In the God who brings the dead back to life. Who creates new things out of nothing. I mean, amazing. He says that even when there was no reason to hope, Abraham kept hoping. Even when everything was speaking contrary, his body was speaking contrary, his wife's body was speaking contrary, culture was speaking contrary, his friends were mocking him. Um, they used to call him Abraham, exalted father. Now they changed it to Abraham, father of nations. He didn't have a child. Abraham. You know, they were, you know, they were, they were doing their mouth like this to him. You know, so everything was speaking contrary, but Abraham did what? He believed. He held, I mean, it's, he, he maintained a single line of command. If God has said it concerning me, then I believe it. I believe it. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. Why did he believe? For God had said to him. Is, 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 is God's word dependable? Can you go to bed knowing that God has said? Is that enough for you? Really? That's how many your descendants would be. So holding on to God's promises unleashes the power to prevail. You know, everybody's going to have challenges. But some of us are going to prevail over our challenges. Everybody's going to have challenges. But some of us are going to come out strong. Why? Because we hold on to God's word. Hold on to God's word. God says, align yourself with me. You say, you want to align yourself with sin. Then, then what happens? You have a conflicting line of command. Because sin dominates. To whom you yield your members to, the servants of whom you are. If you yield your members to God, you are God's servant, single line of command. If you yield your members to sin, you are sin servant. And if you want to be God's servant, you have conflicting lines of command. And God's word is dependable. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 16. Hebrews 6 16. It says, now when people take hold 
Why should we depend on God? Why should, he, why should we bank on it? When people take hold, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them accountable to it. It says, and without any question, that oath is binding. Since God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise, those of us who receive the promise, could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. God says you will be above only and you will never be beneath. You can go to bed. You won't, change, you won't wake up tomorrow and say, oh, I had a bad dream. You won't be above again. So God is dependable. Says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. Those are the two immutable things. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. God has said to you, you are going to have victory. You can bank on it. Praise the name of the Lord. You can bank on it. Hallelujah. What we're going to do now is this. We're going to anoint our hands. Then we'll make some declarations. And the power to prevail will be unleashed in the name of Jesus. But before we anoint, let's bow our hearts and bow our heads. The power to prevail is released when you become. You are saying, Pastor, I need to become a child of God today. I need to have the seed of God in me. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't have the seed of God in me. Or I used to be a child of God, but I've gone back. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. That is you, wherever you are seated. I don't need you to come forward. Wherever you are seated, we are about to move into the next thing. But quickly, wherever you are seated, put up your hand and I'll pray with you right now. God bless you. But put up your hand, put up your hand well, well, over your head. Pastor, that is me. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. I'm going to slip a card in your hand. That's it. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I need to be born of God. If you are up your hand, up your hand well. If you are online, the structures are scrolling. Father, we pray for everyone whose hands are lifted up to you. We ask that you have mercy. The grace to be transformed into your kingdom, the kingdom of light given to them, Lord. Let them be transformed even right now, my Father. Let the seed of God be planted in their hearts and in their lives. And let, the, let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' amazing name, we are praying. Amen.